If you're like me, you like to channel this warrior energy when you get ready for competition, whether it be for your job or for basketball. We talk about this for this episode, why we can leverage the breath, mindfulness, and meditation to kind of channel this warrior-like energy. I'm joined by Ryan Stock, the founder of MindSport, the first meditation app for athletes. He also was the author of Buddha Was a Baller. Ryan has joined us on the podcast many times before, so he is a returning customer to the Mind Body Hoops podcast, where we talk about tools, perspectives, and tactics that can help us become better athletes, but also better people. So enjoy this mindful monday episode and let's dive right into it all right guys we're back with ryan stock founder of mind sport the meditation app made specifically for athletes he's also a, an author of buddha was a baller me and ryan connect on the fact that we're both passionate about bringing mindfulness and meditation and these ideas to athletics we feel like there's a lot missing in the athletic space and there's a lot of room for a new type of athlete one that's evolved more than just a grind 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 kind of pushing through these stuff uh, so we're excited to be joined again by Ryan. Happy to have you back, my man. And again, I said this last episode, if anybody wants the full backstory of Ryan Stock, it's an awesome story. Why he wrote a book, why he got into this, it's an awesome story. Definitely check out the past episodes of Ryan. Uh, but today, we're going to dive deeper on this Mindful Monday episode. So Ryan, thanks for hopping on the podcast again, my man. As always, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Let's knock it out. So we talked about a topic before we went on air and I was like, save it, save it. This is sick. <laughs> this is something I get stoked about. I love to channel like a, a warrior type energy and when, whether I'm doing work and, and diving deep on a project or whether I'm playing basketball or whether I'm getting a lift in or even doing yoga, I kind of like to channel this ancient warrior energy in what I do. It just feels natural and it feels cool. Yeah. Um, talk to me about how can this relate to being a mindful athlete? How can this relate to something like meditation? You were just talking about this earlier. Right. So, yeah, we, we started to receive a lot of similar feedback in that um, it was hard for athletes, especially beginners practicing meditation, to feel and see the benefits right away and also to just sit there and or chill, meditate right before a lift or practice, whatever. So um, based off of that feedback and then tying in perfectly to the yoga teacher training that I was going through, I learned about this form of breathing called fire breathing, but we'll get to in a minute. Um, but I want to start with the fact that I actually learned that meditation in its truest form, in its rawest form, back in the, uh, the ancient times in the, the Eastern and Asian cultures, um, was actually used by the samurai warriors, soldiers, um, to gain a competitive advantage in their military battles. Um, so females actually weren't even allowed to use meditation, uh, again, in its earliest days. Now, I'm not applauding that, obviously, but... Um, I use that as, as evidence in that in these ancient times, in these Eastern cultures, mindfulness meditation was thought to be such a powerful thing um, that militaries were using it, samurais were using it to gain an advantage over other militaries, over other fighters, warriors. So um, next time you question that or, or find yourself wandering off a bit mentally, understand that, that mindfulness meditation, especially some of the forms we'll get into here in a minute, uh, including that fire breathing can not only elevate your game, elevate you physically, um, but there's ways of, of that fire breathing in particular that'll, that'll really get you and your body heated up and ready to roll. And what I loved was that you, you, before we started recording, you painted the picture of how we all imagine this, this like very skinny, like, you know, monk-like character crossing his legs, having his arms out, closing his eyes, and just being like super pure and spiritual. Yeah. But really the basis of this was like a, 
you know, a samurai who was probably very fit and extremely strong and determined, but the meditation was a performance enhancing habit, something that could bring them to bring, like when you think of a samurai, you can envision that, that laser like focus and maybe they'll get knocked off their course just a bit, but they just like keep their eye on exactly where they're going. And I want people to maybe feel that on a visceral level, that mindfulness and meditation can bring you that, that singular focus, that shit will keep happening. Maybe there's whatever it is, your phone's going off. People are trying to bug you. There's someone in the crowd, whatever you have that warrior like mentality that focus on wherever it is you want to go. And and basically you become the driver rather than the passenger. And so you talked about this breath. So meditation, mindfulness, it's an exercise for the warrior, for the samurai. Now we're going into battle. We're getting ready for battle, whatever battle it is for us, whether it's basketball, whether it's business, whether it's this relationship we want to really work on, how can we prepare our body and mind through the means that you were talking about for this battle? Right. So, um, the, the type of training I went through, um, for my yoga teacher certification, uh, again, we're getting the feedback from, from athletes in particular about meditating right before they're about to start performing. So practice competitions, all that, um, that they knew was helpful. They knew it was beneficial. It'll still make you a better athlete. Um, but not everybody was wanting to be essentially chilled out or mellowed out totally right before they stepped on the court. Um, so based off that feedback, it was ironic as I was going through this yoga teacher training, we learn about this form of breathing called ujjayi breathing or what's known as fire breathing. Um, and it's where, and I know you've had other guests on other shows that talk about the importance of breathing in through the nose. Um, but you breathe pretty intensely in through your nose. Um, you almost let the breath swirl around in the back of the throat and then you breathe out through your nose. Um, but just to give your, your listeners a better description of it, envision you breathing in through your nose and then like you're fogging up a mirror in front of you or like if you breathe outside when it's below freezing, um, how you, you have that fog breath or again, like you're fogging up a mirror. So when you make that audible kind of noise with your mouth open, so your, your first couple breaths as you're doing ujjayi breathing would be in through the nose, out through the mouth like that. Um, like again, like you're fogging up a mirror. But then after a few breaths, when you take that two or three second inhale through the nose, um, seal your lips as you start to exhale. So you're still making that ocean-like, that fog-like sound in the back of your throat. But now it's coming back out through your nose. Um, we actually have a, a session that's coming out within the app that talks just about this and actually has audio for you to learn what it will feel and sound like if, if you want to dive deeper into it. But this form of breathing actually heats up um, you mentally and physically. So it's going to heat up the core. You're going to actually start to feel warmth in your body. This form of breathing is used primarily in hot yoga, hot flow classes. Um, and that's because it, it does. It makes you feel warm. It makes you feel intensified. Um, preps your body and your mind for your workout, whatever about is about to happen. So yeah, ujjayi breathing, what's known as, as the fire breath. If you do that for three to five minutes um, right before you step on the floor, your mind and body will be ready to rock. Yeah, it's like uh, you're heating your body from the inside out, it sounds like, which is super intuitive. <clears throat> I remember even you mentioned Patrick McCune, who is the author of The Oxygen Advantage. That was yeah. an awesome episode where we talked about the importance of nose breathing and and how it optimizes kind of the oxygen intake you have. 
he even said it, it actually builds heat in your body and you'll know it's starting to work, especially like he recommends doing it before bed, just breathing through your nose to kind of lower your blood pressure. He talks about it in a different way, but he said yeah. you can begin to feel heat. And it's cool to think that by building heat in the body, you're preparing the, the body for physical exercise. You're maybe priming the mind to, to work a little better. You're basically warming up with your breath, which is amazing. And I've actually been practicing this. I, I never really understood why they... <laughs> Ever since that episode, I've just been trying to breathe through my nose whenever I can, even in yeah. yoga. And you'd be proud of me because I've been doing, I've probably <laughs> done 12 yoga classes this month, which I'm stoked, or last month in June, which I was stoked about. Um, I was doing all hot yoga and it's brutal to breathe through your nose, but you're right. They start most classes with that breathing through the nose and trying to prime the body for the movement that's going to come because you know, you don't want to just jump into it right away. So whether it's basketball, yoga, or a samurai preparing for battle, it makes sense to kind of, you know, prime the body for breathing. So, so it's yeah, basically, it's, it's warming up the body from the inside out. It sounds like. Yeah. And another thing that I know you guys talked a little bit about on the, that particular podcast, um, and that I have read a couple books on in our required, required reading within our yoga teacher training is something as simplistic as, Breathing in through your nose just filters all kinds of toxins. Um, and if you think about it, obviously we've got nose hairs um, that help catch, you know, particles and dust and, and all those toxins that would go in. Whereas if you breathe in through your mouth, you're just ingesting that stuff. Um, there's been all kinds of studies that prove, you know, in inhaling or breathing in through the nose purifies the body. Um, your percentages of staying healthier more often go way up. So, yeah, there's all kinds of benefits it's, it's amazing how in-depth you can get on something that seems so simple as even unconscious as breathing. But, um, but yeah, the deeper I dive into it, man, I can't get enough. It is amazing. And, but it, if you think about it, I love when people say, I don't know who's saying this, but I'm stealing it, is like most competitions, whether in the Olympics or in, even in basketball, comes down to either like the fourth quarter, last two minutes, or it comes down to a split second in a race or whatever. So if you can optimize something that seems as simple and as uh, – you know, unconscious is breathing. You're really taking that one percent seriously, and that that literally could make the difference. Whether it means you last two extra minutes and you're fresher later in the game, or it means you're starting the game off a little more warm, or even in your training session, rather than having a thirty minute session of really good work out of an hour, you're having, you know, fifty minutes out of the hour. You're performing at your best because you're able to start better. So, I like that you warm up with nose breathing. We go into battle, whatever that is. How do we kind of? begin to calm our minds afterwards or calm our body, whatever you recommend through breathing or movement, what do you think based off what you've learned is like a very good way to just basically transition out of high intensity focus or high intensity training or whatever it may be? Right. Um, so again, this is, this is an ironic part of, of us as athletes. We so often think of ourselves as like robots that just go out on the court, perform physically. And then as soon as the game's over, we're like supposed to flip that off switch and then just be cool and go, go on about the rest of our day, no matter what frustrations may have occurred during the game, practice, competition, um, you know, no matter what anxiety, poor, good performance, um, that we're just supposed to like walk off the court and then be cool the rest of the day. And obviously that's pretty short-sighted. We've got all these emotions so strong, so passionate that make us who we are as athletes. Um, that it's impossible to just flip that switch off. So, yeah, for, for us, um, again, we, we steal some pieces from, from yoga in general. Um, and this is one of the few times that I'd actually recommend, especially if you're feeling a, a high-intensity workout, 
feeling a lot of stress, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger. Um, what's known as corpse pose, where you, you actually lay down um, like a corpse would be. That, that's why they call it that, not the trickiest name in the world. Um, but one of the few times I'd actually encourage you to lay down as an athlete. Um, so yeah, just palms facing up, legs extended all the way out. Um, and then take a couple deep cleansing breaths that's just in through the nose and in this case out through the mouth. So the difference is, especially if you open your mouth wider um, and almost make like a loud audible exhale, um, that's going to be cleansing some of those, uh, again, toxins and even toxic thoughts. So a, a little bit of the mental side of breathing. Um, and you'll, you'll start to feel it. And it may take you five, ten breaths before you can feel yourself start to come back down. But after you take those, those five, ten cleansing breaths in through the nose and then opening the mouth a little wider as you exhale, um, again, audibly, though, you know, two to three second breaths in and out, um, find yourself in that pose that's relaxed, just kind of chilling and, and gather yourself. And then if you're ready, you can raise up to a seated position slowly, you know, one, one vertebrae at a time and start to shorten the breath to a little more regularly, uh, like what you would do in a seated meditation. But I would, I, would, I would recommend starting in that corpse pose, laying down with, again, those deep inhales into the nose, out through the mouth, um, until you start to feel yourself kind of bouncing back out. And then once you're in that pose, you can sit back up into what would be a normal seated meditation, uh, in through the nose, out through the mouth, and crisscross applesauce with the legs, all that good stuff. But, um, <laughs> but until, you can, until you can balance yourself out, that initial wave, man, lay all the way down, take those deep, cleansing, audible breaths, um, and get that mind back to balanced after after your performance. I like that, and uh, I can kind of imagine people maybe having some resistance to this. Maybe they if so, I recommend doing it whenever you can. But say you wait till you get home, that's totally fine. Maybe if if you don't want to lay out on the court at a tournament or something with everybody looking at you, uh, might be not the best time to just. But maybe you know, drive home, get in your room, lay down for whatever a second exhale release get all that shit out of you and then be able to sit up and kind of almost restart and just whether it was good or bad or indifferent just be able to move on from that why do you think asking selfishly for me because after even i do something like this with a podcast or if i even go to the gym and play pickup now or whatever it is the tendency to kind of play back everything back in my head how could i have done this differently how could i've done this right i've talked about this with the mental performance coach and i'm interested to hear your point of view how beneficial it is, do you think it is, or how necessary it is, or why is it important that we kind of begin to have a process in place where we can take performance in any capacity, create a ritual in which we can kind of just release it, good or bad, and let it go so that we can move on? Why do you think that's important? Um, so in particular with, with that strategy, we, we actually do almost exactly that with our post-meditation session. So while I do the guided meditation um, when the athlete would essentially be in, in corpse pose or some type of seated meditation. Um, the way I teach it is, um, yeah, think about positive plays you made, negative plays you may have made, even label them. We talked a little bit about that last session. Um, you know, you can say something like, you know, bad play or, or anxious or frustrated um, and then move on from it because I do think you need to revisit them and, and learn or make adjustments to what you would do differently moving forward. I do think that's important and, and part of the process, like you said. So I, I think that's cool. I totally agree. To me, though, the trick becomes once you've labeled it, learned from it, like taking that visual image and, and decided on 
what, if anything, you would do differently, then that's where you got to let it, let it go and be able to return to the breath or return to being present and, and stay focused on what's happening at that moment um, as opposed to then just reliving it and reliving it and reliving it. Now, I know that's easier said than done. Um, you know, I'm a former athlete that had some really high highs and some really low lows. Um, and I still think about, you know, shit from high school or college that I wish I would have done differently. And the, the difference is now I just get over that stuff quicker. I'm like, dude, that was 15, 20 years ago. Let it go. And then I move on from it. I'm like, why any energy you're spending on it now is wasted energy, which is the case with, with any of these plays, no matter where you're at. Any, any time you spend on a negative play or dwelling on a positive play, you know, that's just a different form of, of craving it, trying to recreate it. And, you know, wanting to do that as opposed to, again, just moving on and being present. So you got to be careful with the good and the bad. But my advice to them is just label it, um, make the adjustments you find necessary, and then return to the breath. Yeah, I love that. One thing um, the performance coach I mentioned had told me to do, um, Devin Markle, she works at Mom Academy. She told me, you know, for people who ruminate and ruminate, pick three things you did well. It's like a pyramid. Three things you did well, you know, name them. So you're focusing on good that you did. It's easy to just focus on the bad and maybe pick two things you can work on and then pick one thing that you're going to take action on right away, whether that's like today or tomorrow. Pick something that you're going to take action on so that you can take that past performance and use it as feedback or, you know, almost as, yeah, feedback. So you're learning from it, but then just let it go and move on, which I love. Um, And that's why I love having conversations with you about this. You just remind me through all the teachings that you do and how in-depth you are at studying this information is just how important it is to label everything and just let it be what it is, label it, become aware of it, but then just let it go so it doesn't affect you moving forward. Yeah. And like, like uh, a perfect, I'm glad you brought that up because a perfect example would be um, like, say you make a turnover because you got like loose with your handle or tried to make a one handed pass or something like that. And then you compounded that by fouling. Well, then you would just say like frustration, right. Or like frustration foul. And so that would be almost a, a negative response or reaction would be a better way of putting that to um, the turnover or the, the first bad play you made. Well, your takeaway from that could be don't compound my first mistake by making another mistake, right? So that's your teaching. That's what you learn from that day is mistakes are going to happen. But me letting that one mistake turn into a quick second mistake, which might be like your third foul for the first half, which you know becomes another mistake. Now it's got you all messed up for the game. So yeah, I love that. And that let that learning lesson you know, something that you can label, be your teaching point from the day, take that away. So, you know, next time I have a, a turnover that there's nothing I can do about that plays over, then I'll let that go. I'll move on. I'll remain present and not let that snowball compound into other stuff. So that that's beautiful. I, I totally agree. And I love uh, that's beautiful. What you just said, because I'm thinking now <laughs> to how many times that me or anybody else, something bad goes wrong or you, or you do something that's maybe not bad, but something that's not congruent with what you want to be doing. Even for me, I'm thinking of, I'm going back back again to diet if I maybe slip in one way or yeah. eat like, eat later than I want or eat you know food that I deem as unhealthy. It's easy for me to be like, well, I did this, now I'm going to just do this. And like yeah. I almost let the snowball happen. Sometimes it's easy for people to be like, well, when it rains, it pours. When I mess up, I really mess up. Or, you know, it can be a slippery slope in that for me even. And, I'm, and I balance with that and rather than slipping up and then allowing myself just to fall completely and then wake up the next day and be like, God damn, like I got to start all over being mindful of that and labeling that that first time, like the turnover doesn't need to lead to a foul out of frustration. That first 
slip up diet wise or anything else wise doesn't need to lead to five times more of that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, that awareness a, is, is crucial. There's a couple. And I, I, I know we're, we're trying to keep this one a little shorter, but this tends to happen with you and I, um, <laughs> there's a really cool teaching called the second arrow. Um, and I talk a little bit about this in the book, but, um, so the first arrow is like that initial action that we, that we've kind of been talking about. Right. Um, and again, this is like a, an ancient Eastern teaching. And so the first arrow that hits us um, is, is whatever that initial incident is. So in this case, it'd be the turnover. It'd be slipping up on your diet. Um, it'd be like your partner doesn't text you back, whatever it may be. So that's like the first arrow. Well, the second arrow we fire, and this is one that's totally in our control, but this one's actually 10 times more powerful than the first arrow, is the one where we're like, our partner doesn't, didn't text me back. That means she doesn't like me, that she's cheating on me. And, you know, you go down this path or I slipped mm. up on my diet. So now I'm fat and worthless. I'll never be a division one athlete. And you, your mind just starts to go down this path. It's totally unrealistic. Or like I made this stupid turnover. Coach is going to take me out. The guy behind me is going to take my starting spot. But all those thoughts that we have after that initial arrow. So all those second, third, fourth arrows that we fire are not only totally unnecessary. They're um, 10 times more powerful than just taking that first arrow that first action, labeling it, and then moving on from it. And just almost surrendering to the fact that some things are going to maybe go against what you think is going right or wrong and just letting it be. I love the arrow. I'm going to visualize that. Ryan, this is sick. Uh, I love the the whole theme of this episode was almost treating ourselves like a warrior. <laughs> yeah. And then we scoot off at the end, but preparing for yourself like a warrior. You know, meditation and mindfulness is something that like a warrior or a samurai would prepare for. You can prepare yourself. I'm summarizing this stuff. This is how my mind works. <laughs> Doing things like fire breathing, breathing through your nose to prepare to warm yourself up from the inside out, understanding that afterwards you can cool yourself down with some laying down in the corpse pose, kind of releasing the things that happen and understanding if things go wrong, uh, that we can just stop it there. We don't need to add to it. Is there anything I missed out on, Ryan? No, I mean, the, the stuff that we talked about at the end was all relevant to that, but, but not, uh, not the focal point of the, of the series. So, yeah, I, I, I loved it, man. I enjoyed this one um, and, and the quick hitter part to it, too. So I yeah, loved so it. it. Good work so is all relevant. Right. And we're going to do more of these. I love these conversations. It's talking about mindfulness and meditation. People, I'm going to link up to Ryan's work. He has a meditation app specifically for athletes. Ryan, I'm stoked. We're going to be doing more of these digestible Mindful Monday episodes. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. Yeah, incredible, man. All right. <laughs> Later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a few more things before you go. If you like the podcast, please leave me a review on the Apple iTunes app. And if you really like the podcast, take a screenshot and share it to Instagram. That helps me grow the podcast organically. And that really helps me just be able to say, hey, say thank you. Uh, and, uh, and just show some gratitude to you personally for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in starting a podcast of your own, I get so many questions about how do I start a podcast. Um, it's really crazy. It blows my mind how many of you guys are starting your own podcast. Uh, so I put together some resource materials. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you're interested in getting those materials and starting your own podcast. Uh, I finally just put something together for you guys for all the people asking. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. So many good stuff. So many good stuff. So many good things coming. Uh, and I appreciate and love you guys. Peace.